0: And then one day they came into my room with a little bag and, so, and it was frozen and they threw it on the thing. And I said, what the hell is that? And they said, that's your stem cell. And they hung it on the bag and these, these you know, treated stem cells that came from my body. So I was a match, went in and regenerated at an accelerated uh, pace. And they considered my um, immune system to be zero years old.
1: Welcome to the Pressnomics Podcast, where you'll hear from thought leaders in the WordPress ecosystem and beyond, as we deconstruct powerful ideas that can help you in business and in life. Now here's your host, Joshua Strabel.
2: Welcome to the podcast today, everybody. I'm here with Drew Olenoff, a good friend of mine and a 76ers fan till he dies. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Drew.
0: My name is Drew Olenoff, and I am a 76er fan until I die. <laughs> you pretty much nailed it there. At this point in life, that's, that's it. We're yeah, done. so
2: <laughs> before we get to this breaking news that we just uh, were made aware of, mm-hmm. let's get right to it. Can Simmons and Embiid take it all the way this year?
0: I think so. I think so. Uh, I think the Sixers did the right things in bringing in Horford uh, so that Embiid doesn't have to play 40 minutes a game and have to play every game so if they can keep him healthy for the playoffs. Ben Simmons finds his jump shot somewhere. Why not?
2: This sky's the limit. Do you think uh, mid-seed, four or five?
0: I, th- I think they're a two or three seed, honestly, and I think they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're extremely strong at home, so they should—they should push. You know, they shouldn't take the rest, of the the latter part of the season off. Uh, they should really, f- you know, focus on getting a high seed because they're they're really strong at home.
2: Well, I um, I envy is- you <laughs> as a uh, decade long Phoenix Suns fans, Phoenix Suns fan. Yeah. Um, hopefully, this is the year we get out of the bottom.
0: They look good. Look, the Suns are looking good. Every team has to go through a process. I mean, the you know the the we we dealt with this since I mean since Iverson. So like yeah. two thousand two, two thousand three, we haven't had anything. Uh, you guys have a lot of exciting young players, and um, yeah, so I I think it's fine. I mean, everything's in flux in the NBA after the offseason, It was wild. I think everyone thought that they knew what w- knew what this year would look like. And then Kawhi Leonard threw everything in upheaval. So.
2: God mode, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. Who, who would want to live in Toronto? I nothing against folks in Toronto. Bye.
2: Yeah, that's um, that's asking a lot. So, sure. All right. So the Sixers, yeah. second seed in the East, maybe the Suns can turn it around on the backs of Booker and a, a se- second-year Aiton. Uh, I'm looking the forward to The Suns are going to make
0: the playoffs. I'm saying it right now. The Suns are making the playoffs. I'm, I say that 100%. I am confident.
2: Oh, it's a bold prediction. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see if it comes true. So on to this breaking news. We were news. just as just about as we were getting on this uh, call, some news yeah. broke. It yeah. turns out that the CEO of Twitter, Jack, has just been
0: hacked. He has been hacked. Um, it seems to be a pattern of other, uh, high profile hacks. If you look at the content and some of the words that we will not repeat on this program, um, nonetheless, the CEO of the company being compromised is probably at, probably the worst possible thing you could have happen to the company at this point.
2: Yeah. The, I, somebody tweeted something that the put options. You know, so you know somebody putting short selling or something. Just oh, yeah. changed like four or five dollars. So oh, somebody's getting yeah. rich.
0: Look, it's it's one thing to argue like you know PewDiePie is hacked or some other you know a celebrity or something like that. You go, oh, they didn't have a good password. They didn't have two-factor authentication set up correctly. The CEO of the company and Jack. I I think Jack. I think Jack is a good person. I I obviously I've been on Twitter for like 13 years. That's sad that I know that and sad that I've been on for 13 years. But yeah, that's, I mean, think about it. What's the equivalent Mark Zuckerberg getting hacked on Facebook? That's news. I mean, and my first thought was because Jack and I follow each other is his his direct messages. Are oh,
2: gone. no.
0: And I go, hopefully smart enough to not have serious conversations over direct messages. You never know. It's, yeah, It has some ramifications there. That's it. It sounds like the. I mean, hopefully they
2: work on it. <laughs> What's worse, if 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 you can pick your poison, you're the CEO of Twitter and your account gets hacked and your DMs get published, or you're a female celebrity like um, uh-huh. the the uh, Hunger Games gal, like her iCloud yes. got hacked and some yeah. some personal photos were released. I right. mean, pick your poison.
0: Okay, you ready? I thought when I knew you were going there with this and I started thinking about it, but it's easy. I'd I'd go with the photos. Yeah. Right. Because honestly, my direct, I mean, I've been on the service for a long time. So is Jack. You can't account for every single thing you've said. I mean, that's not, I'm not diminishing something that, 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 uh, you know, women have gone through and men with having photos exposed. But when you think about your intellectual property, things you have thought, things you have said, lack of context. Hmm. They have been inebriated. I don't know. Direct messages scare that. That my DMs being even though I've done nothing, broken their walls, That still scares me. That's a really good question. You're, you should put you're that on Twitter. correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the, a poll.
2: <laughs> the context, the or the lack of context, or the conversation you know between two friends. You say shit you would not say in public between two right. friends.
0: If somebody read our DMs, the DMs between us, it spans (laughs) over years, it's disconnected. If someone were to just read them top to bottom, there's no connection to them whatsoever. But if you're just reading it through, you're like, oh, who knows, that's nuts. That's scary. Um, So I don't know how you could have your account hacked and not have your DMs accessed. I mean, maybe it's through like a third party app or something or an API or something. Let's hope that's the case. And his content hasn't been, uh, because that's that's a huge yeah. liability for the company.
2: Well, yeah. maybe maybe if he's lucky, there's a hidden Twitter feature that auto purges DMs after 24 hours that only he has enabled.
0: Like they did with Zuckerberg, remember? Yeah, yeah. remember his messages started disappearing, and then a bunch of us, <laughs> go, we went in and we were like, it's like we were talking to ourselves. There was yeah. this whole line of us talking. It was like, oh, and then they got caught. And they're like, oh, we'll make that feature available for everyone. Uh huh. And we're still waiting. Wow. We're still waiting. So I guess that'll be the playbook. If I'm Twitter now, I have my communications hat on. If I'm Twitter, I that may be the the, the route I go. Uh, wow.
2: Hey, so perfect segue. Yes. Talking about communications, you've had a long storied career in tech. Um, you know, I know you used to work for TechCrunch and various various other uh, outlets. Tell yeah. us uh, a little bit about what you did in the past and what you're doing now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it it honestly started, my career started with the second my dad sat me down at the computer when I was like 10 or 11, um, Oregon trail. Yeah. Oregon trail (laughs) DOS, you know, I had the the book that was this thick and I'm typing you know, MS DOS slash whatever. Um, and then, you know, kind of said, Oh, well there's newer computers out. Can we get a newer computer? And then you kind of worked your way up. And I remember having like a, uh, you know, visual interface for DOS. It was just a menuing system, and that was a huge level up, and I think it all clicked for me. Well, BBSs were a huge... Did you use oh, BBSes? Yeah.
2: yeah, not only that, I'll throw one more out there. Uh, Daiku MUDs, like before World of yes. Warcraft, like text-based yes. RPG uh, MMOGs, or whatever they call them.
0: Oh, I really... I'll do a quick story. I am so... You, I'm the wrong person I have on the show. But if those, <laughs> those, those visual games, like those those story games or what did you call them mmo or- uh,
2: it's like a mud a multi-user
0: dungeon so it, i met this yeah yeah yeah. no i know what you're talking i met this guy on a bbs he was he was blind he's i mean he is still blind um mm-hmm. and his name is dylan seraphim and he i found out that he lived near me and i met him and I hung out with him and his screen reader, because his, his computer talked to him. It just went, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, how do you do it? And he built a game. He wrote a game called Barney Splat, which was one of those games. And it had to do with Barney the dinosaur. And it was horrific. Like Barney was a murderer. And you were like <laughs> a part. It was like Barney was Charles Manson. And you were a part of his cult. It was awesome. But yeah. BBS, I remember sitting on BBSs and you know, if they were just a two line BBS I, I would wait for someone else to log on. Like I wasn't in huge into gaming. Yeah. I didn't download adults. Ask you um, porn. Ask you porn. I mean, but you know, I want, I was like someone else logged. the idea that I was like, there was someone else.
2: Yep. yep.
0: I, I'd be that kid that was like, hi, how are you? How are you doing? Where are you from? And, <laughs> Like, no agenda. I wasn't trying to find a girlfriend or anything. I was just like, holy crap, there's another person.
2: Yeah, for, <laughs> for you kids out there, this is like 1989 to 92, like pre-America Online, pre-prodigy. This yeah. is old, old school stuff. You know, the old modem sounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and
0: I used to, you know, if you hit if you edited your string, your dial string, to put in asterisk 82, that would block call waiting. So my dad used to freak out, and he'd be like, "Why? Why isn't your grandmother calling?" I'm like, "I don't know Well <laughs> how did she called." That's because when she calls, she gets a busy signal because I put asterisk eighty two. Don't. Too. That was bad. I got yelled at for that. But I could. But like, the phone would ring, and it would disconnect because of call waiting. So. Oh, was, that's
2: news to me that that feature even existed okay yeah
0: well you know because i asked can we get a second phone line and at that time that was like bazillions of dollars why would you who has two phones that
2: was the equivalent of getting oh, fiber exactly it
0: was a big deal
2: <laughs> um
0: but yeah that was bbs for me was like that kind of like connection and and interesting you know I, you know, I was like a sysadmin on, on a BBS and I thought that was cool. Like I could kick people off and like you know, ban people and that was neat. Um, and then, you know, then I there was groups and you'd meet and hang out, a bunch of nerds. And then like you said, AOL comes along and that changes everything. I that is that that was I I you know, it's probably jumping forward, but I look at what Facebook's doing, I look at what Twitter is and I look at what Snapchat's doing and Instagram's doing. They're all trying to recreate AOL. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Facebook almost got bought. I mean, AOL tried to buy, uh, buy Facebook. AOL. Try to buy A lot of people try to buy Facebook. Um, but you know, AIM, Instant Messenger, and yeah. you know how much we made. You know, fun of that. But that status updating and that connect. Everyone's doing it now. You're like My- you are literally recreating it.
2: My wife, Sally, uh, has a great saying that people only want something that's 1% better than what they're used to. So Facebook was 1% better than AOL, and Twitter is 1% better, and and the list goes on. on. If you get too radical, you know, a big paradigm shift, you know, it's hit or miss. But if you just improve what people love and know a little bit, you're going to have a success.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at Reddit and the need for being anonymous and stuff like that. And well, chat rooms was that. You could go in, I would go into the Philadelphia chat room, there was no more, you could only have 30 people in there, you'd have your profile, you could be whoever you wanted, say whatever you wanted, if you did something against the rules, you got kicked out. And that Mm -hmm. was it.
2: Uh, I I think I was 12 years old and my BBS uh, username was Lady Lover. (laughs)
0: Lady Lover. Um I was always I mean my name's Drew my name is Andrew so I was always andrew on vdns which was easy to get a unique username yeah. but then of course I thought I was really fun on on a, on AOL and I was flyer fan flyr fan fn69 because <laughs> at 12 years old I knew the significance of Oh yeah like I had Oh yeah any experience no <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool yeah. And I remember in a chat room one time somebody asked me, "Is you're a Flyers fan?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, 69, whose number is that?" And I thought, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, I really should." Yeah, wow, nobody yeah. knows what that is because we're all kids.
2: Yes. Oh, but we sure thought we knew everything. We
0: thought we knew, but yeah, AOL for me, and AOL was actually my first job. Oh um, wow! Because I was I was in these chat rooms a ton. Um, more than anyone should be, and you know, you know, had downloaded all the. Did you download all the software like the punters and the kickers, so you can No, kick never you got that in AOL. Dude, it's really bad. It was bad. I'm so it's, admitting this is horrible, but <laughs> so you can only have thirty people in a room. One of your friends pops on. They pop, they hit you up on AIM and they say, "Hey, let me get into the Philly room." Because once once there were thirty people in Philadelphia chat room, it would splinter. Philadelphia one, two, three, uh... four, five, six. Nobody wanted to be in the numbered room. Dorks, <laughs> so, <laughs> you fire up the kicker, you kick somebody out, or you know you put in the chat room, hey, everybody hit control alt delete, see who does it, <laughs> and then somebody pops in. So what AOL used to do is they had what they called digital cities, and they would have offices in all of the major cities, and so they – I was 14, 15 – and they invited me, uh, to hang out, meet the team at digital city, Philadelphia, uh, and then offered me an internship. Um, which was really like, it was, it was like the movie big where I just kind of like sat there and were like, what do you think of that? And what do you think of that? And I'm like, don't put ads in instant messenger, or people will freak out. Um, and then at my job, I used to edit advertisements. So local ads. So, you know, when you fired up AOL and all the boxes popped up, yep. panels and stuff, there were local ads, um, for car dealerships or whatever. So I used to, I had I had a tool the internal tool is called Rain Man, and I would have it at my computer there in the office and I would update it and of course I would put little like notes in like if it was a black background they would have black text that said Hey everybody Drew's here Oh, uh, so I just thought that that was the coolest thing in the world it was not, um, <laughs> but it was fun seeing that from the inside um, and and what also was interesting and. You can you know this from starting your own company. Everything, what you think people think of your business or products, or you think they're going to use it one way, you have no clue. Mm -hmm. Minute to minute basis, you think AOL people are here to find information and go on the World Wide Web. No, people are there. They're trying to get laid. Like, I had a a moment with my friend. This will be the last AOL thing. A uh, moment with my friend, and he he told me, he said, Check this out. I'm going in these uh, chat rooms. They're girl, and, they're girl on girl chat rooms. Oh. And uh, yeah, I have a different username because you could have five usernames. And I'd go in there and I'd talk to these girls. And I'd be like, Hey, what's up? Hey. And I'm like, um, Yeah, you're not the only one who does that. So more than likely, you're in a chat room of guys talking to guys, <laughs> pretending to be girls, talking to other girls. You <laughs> never did it again, and that was the reality—the reality of the internet.
2: You busted a catfishing ring.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people do that. But that was, yeah, that was AOL. That's what we had. Wow, it wasn't awful. Looking back, it wasn't. You know, people tell the older in my day, we didn't, we walked, you know, to school uphill both ways. We didn't have it so bad. It
2: wasn't. Bad. Yeah yeah the, the the early days the wild west i guess of online internet and social media it was a special time that um i think some people pine for the wackiness the craziness but it was also just pure and fun and yeah there was the creepy parts like there are now but it it was like a, a small sliver was creepy everything else was just so new and interesting and exciting and frankly mind-blowing right sure
0: yeah i mean you and hundreds of thousand people Hundreds of thousands of people were online doing something at the same time. And, and at that time, too, if people were being creepy, usually they were ostracized. <laughs> like you would call them out and be like, Stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, now, since there are billions of people are on the internet, there are pockets of creepy that yeah. give each other the thumbs up. So <sighs> harder to suss that out and ostracize. But um, yeah, AOL. Was, so
2: where did that lead to next? I mean, you spent some time in the valley. Yeah. What'd you do out there?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I before I went out to the valley, I worked at a company that that did um, uh, that supported like study abroad and grad programs as they tried to tried to take themselves online. They had basic websites and stuff, but they weren't taking applications online, and they weren't you know they still required students to come into the office if they wanted to study abroad. Like who's got time for that? Uh, so did some of that, and then I, I read an article on TechCrunch about this company called Plugged in Seattle that did speech recognition technology on podcasts. I started doing some podcasting. I, I have a podcast tattoo that I got. Yes, you do. In 2005, um, and and I thought this was really cool that the idea that you could record an hour of babbling. Well, I'm the babbling. Um, and then have you know this technology basically extract the text from it that's huge make it searchable so i reached out to them and i said and i was probably like i mean i was like 22 23 and i said hey um i don't know if you're hiring but what you're doing is really cool and i'll be your janitor and uh (laughs) they responded and said, hey, you know, you, you're you a podcaster. It'd be great if you could go to events and kind of just, you know, wear a plug t-shirt, tell people about the site and what we're doing. That kind of turned into like a community manager slash evangelist role. And they said, you know, if we raise money, I didn't know what raising money meant at that time. If we raise some money, we'll move you out to Seattle and you can do a full time. Uh-huh. Sure, whatever. They'd send me a thousand dollar check every so often and I would go do stuff. And I met with them in New York and I said, hey, we raise money from this this firm called Draper Fisher Jurgetson and I had never heard of that. And they handed me a check for $10,000 and said, move this to Seattle. And wow. I looked at that check and I said, I've got two boxes worth of stuff, a ticket's 200 bucks. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> that was my, you know, before living in Silicon Valley proper, that was yeah. my startup. Yeah.
2: You were you were swimming in the cash.
0: Startups are hard. No, oh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the exciting the exciting part of it is you completely own your work and you can make a difference. in like everything you do, you mess up. It's a big mess up. But if you mm-hmm. do something right, it's a big deal. Um, so you know, I was there for about a year, and and I did a couple of, you know community manager uh, roles was in you know san francisco and la and then i started writing for the next web never thought of myself as a writer by the way sorry i'll go back and i don't wear this as a badge of honor but just referential i dropped out of high school when i was 15. oh skip, yeah i i'd, I'd skip, skipped some grades i was a senior i still didn't like school i had to move schools because my parents didn't like it i liked to work so i was already doing like the, the computer stuff and i was like ah, forget the school stuff um so, it was, so it, was, it was it was, hard for me to find roles at companies because, you know, like you get application software, you put in your information, and you yeah. put in your college degree. I don't have one. Um, so you don't even get looked at. So there were companies that I was like, man, I would do a really good job there. I could definitely do this job. In fact, I might be overqualified, but I don't meet the criteria. So it was kind of clawing and relationship building to kind of get to where I got. So the next web, um, in 2000, well, before that, in 2009, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's and cancer in the lymphatic system, um, which is extremely treatable, very lucky. Um, And since I was, you know, I'm on Twitter, now we're talking about Twitter again. um, I started a hashtag called Blame Drew's Cancer and I said, uh, you know, um, I lost my keys, I blame Drew's Cancer. And I I found some brands that put some money into, every time somebody blamed my cancer for something, it went to charity. Um, I auctioned off my username on Twitter.
2: Late yeah, so so I still use that hashtag once in a while. And let's talk yeah. about your username real quick because yeah. you ended up with Yoda.
0: It's Yoda now. Which
2: I- is badass, but in a very kind of circular roundabout way. That's a pretty interesting story, if you don't mind sharing.
0: And we'll go ahead and pause here for a moment to thank our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. Shout out to Pageley. Pagely. Pagely is the original managed WordPress hosting provider in business for over a decade, working behind the scenes to scale the WordPress presence for some of the world's largest brands. Companies like Disney, Warner Brothers, Comcast, Univision, Meredith, and more all trust Pagely to ensure flawless uptime and security for their WordPress websites. If you have a high traffic or high criticality WordPress site that absolutely cannot go down, visit pagely.com quote for a free consultation. That's p a g e l y dot com slash quote, and now back to our interview. No, it's weird. Yeah, I, so I've had Yoda. So I so when I signed up for Twitter in 2006, I had Yoda. Well, I had I was Drew, which was great. And I mean, I was a Holy Grail. Like I got my first name. This is yep. great. I can retire. Um, and I saw that Yoda wasn't being used. Someone registered it. And so I mean, this was when Jack, and Biz were still there. And I kind of just said, Hey, nobody's using Yoda. Can I have it like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So I took Yoda <clears throat> and a friend of mine, Brett, just, we tweeted like Yoda, you know, once in a while in Yoda speed, um, and just had it going. Um, but then, you know, when I was thinking of things to do to raise money for, for Livestrong for charity, I asked if I can auction off my chat, my username, Drew, uh, because you can't sell usernames that's against terms of service. So I said right. I auction it off. And the money goes right to charity, not to me, is that okay, so sure. So I did that, and, and so Drew Carey uh, gave a million dollars to live strength for it.
2: Drew, Drew Carey, the comedian and host of yeah. Price is Right.
0: The Price is Right, he's a very good yeah. guy. He's a good friend, he's a very nice guy. Uh, he had had a family history of cancer, and just a nice guy. So I'm like, okay, so he's Drew from TV on Twitter. He never changed his username, which is super easy to do if you have control of two users. Yeah, you just switch them. You don't lose users or followers or anything. He just didn't want to, um, so it sat. So I was like, okay. So I had changed my name to that Drew, but then I had Yoda there, kind of sitting there. Uh huh. I'm getting, I'm getting older. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, which is the funniest. thing. And I was like, I've always liked Yoda, so it's like I'll switch over to Yoda, that. so Drew is kind of sitting waiting it's actually with uh, have you ever heard of the property brothers
2: the uh, property brothers yeah, yeah it's, it's like H- a- the twin brothers
0: on hgtv yep. fix up houses so he is now in semi-control of drew uh, with, oh gotcha um switch is fun but yeah that's that's fun with twitter but yeah the hashtag was was a great use of twitter it was the first time um uh, that it was a hashtag was used for charity in that way. And it it kept my mind off of the fact that I had, that I had cancer. Um, it was super helpful. Um, but then I wrote an article for the next web about blame, cancer. And they said, Hey, do you want to write more? Mm -hmm. So I was, I didn't think of myself as a writer, but as you know, as somebody who works on AOL and on the internet all the time, all we do is type and communicate. So, um, if
2: you have an interesting story to tell or even if you if if you don't sure. think it's interesting others may think it's inter- interesting. Exactly. exactly. And you put the, the pro- proverbial pen to paper or fingers to keys and you can make a career out of it.
0: And some of the best writers write the way they speak. And um and it and it, and it works. So it, it works. So at the next webinar that I went to Tech French and covered covered ended up covering Twitter and covered Google for about 5 years. Which is again, and, again is interesting.
2: And where are you working now?
0: So I'm working at a, a, a firm in San Antonio. I'm ba- based in Philadelphia. Uh, I work for a firm in San Antonio it's called Scaleworks. Uh, we acquire. This is this is interesting. This is tied with it found. It's what I found it interesting because of being able to. So they acquire SaaS companies um, where you know the the company is basically plateaued. Um, Revenue is good. Customer base is great. Founders are like, I don't want to raise money, and I'm ready to move on to the next thing. So mm-hmm. acquire those companies, uh, bring in new CEOs, new leadership, and scale them. You know? So it's, it's not like traditional private equity where you acquire a company and squeeze it for cash. Uh, you yeah. actually try to revive them. So having been a reporter, I've been, been pitched on so many companies. You hear about them. They raise $5 million. They launch a feature. Then you don't hear from them ever again. And then you kind of poke them. Hey, what's up? And then their email doesn't work one day. It's <laughs> just right. zombies. Right, right. The kind of pool, the pool of companies. That's what people don't get about like Silicon Valley and tech. It's like ninety-eight percent of the companies just don't make it. Not, yeah. Not because of like you know, failing. Some are mis- big mistakes, but most of the time it's just that's just the way it works.
2: So really hard. obviously, you know, of, of s- throwing so much shit at the wall, some of it deserves to just go away like it doesn't deserve sure. to live on but there is a, a class of idea or a classic company that has some promise that has uh, some value either either uh, you know cultural value or, or economic value but it just can't get over the hump and that's what you guys special in you kind of come in okay. and see the see the nugget there and bring yeah. it up
0: so like one company we acquired is Keen Analytics. I mean Keen is I think I covered Keen when I was a recorder. Um, great customers, great analytics tool, dashboards and all that stuff. They had just kind of, you know, taken it to where they could take it. And the founders were like, all right, it's time to move on. And, you know, we, we you know, we refocused a little bit and, and now they're kind of like digging deep into like uh, user facing metrics. So anyone who has an app that provides analytics for their users, like a bank, Mm-hmm kind of focusing on that serving the existing customers, but kind of giving it a little focus and breathing a bit, bit of new life into it. So it's, it's interesting things to work on. So I, I do communications. So I kind of sit with the teams, you know, and, and think about the messaging and kind of how to communicate. Because SaaS companies, let's be honest, pretty boring. Um, <laughs> you know, they have their heads down, they're cranking out features or putting out stuff. And they're like, we do this one thing really well. Either use this or you don't, fine. Um, But like the ones that can really break out and say and and communicate what they do really well, what kind of people use their stuff, you know, what's coming down the pike, you see breakout SaaS companies. Somebody like Slack. Slack is a SaaS enterprise tool, but they don't act like that in their marketing and communications. Um, People have an affinity for that brand and that product. And yet, it's something we use for work. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, that it can be done.
2: If the positioning and well, okay, correctly identifying your audience and then positioning within that space, I would say, way more important than having the dynamite best product or the dynamite best feature. Mm Because, you know, how many great products never go anywhere just because they positioned it wrong and messaged it all wrong?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and to your point, you know, you got to focus on the people that are actually using it and find out you have to extract what value they see. Otherwise, how are you going to target more people like them and more, more customers like them? Um, I think a lot of people just are shooting in the dark and they're hoping and praying. And it's like, no, play a little bit of small ball, you know, take your time. Like, um, and I think, too, is like with the companies that we see and, and just in general, the ones that have been around a long time, the work that you guys have done, which I've, which I've always said, I'm super proud of you, uh, oh, Thanks. Uh, because that's winning. <laughs> like Having a successful business, like, first of all, success and failure. There is no true definition for either, right? How do you define success? I don't know. How do you define yeah, it's, it's very personal, personal to exactly. everyone. So having a successful business, it should be to many being able to have employees, paying your bills, having happy customers, being able to do things that you, you want to do either within the business or in a personal life. Um, you know, we want to build new features or we want to do this. We want to go to a conference and we can afford that. We're not – that's success. Mm-hmm. I mean, Raising $500 million and not knowing what the hell you're doing and then running it into the ground or doing things that are not above board like a, like a, uh, you know, um, uh, our our friends at uh, the science company. uh, What the hell were they called?
2: Thanos or something?
0: Theranos, right? I said
2: Thanos, the MCU villain.
0: It was Thanos. (laughs) but but that like so much focus on the glitz and the glamour the beam go big and it's like I don't know you You know that that was I can't say it wasn't I can't say it was a failure it's not a definition but I can't say it was a success either nobody's happy nobody's paying bills from it
2: do you think the uh, zeitgeist is getting tired of that of that just the kind of Silicon Valley raw 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 everything's awesome throw money at everything we're the next greatest awesome i mean it's been it's been a 12-year cycle you know a 13 14-year cycle of just like tech crunch just beating the drums of series a d c f q
0: and it's like okay yeah there's value in knowing what's happening Right, because you can't make any assessments or have an opinion on anything if you don't know what's going on. So if no, I'm not defending TechCrunch tech TechCrunch and like Wall Street Journal and all of them stop covering all the rounds of funding, one would assume there's no more funding. So yeah. we need to know that there is funding. Um, but yes, to your point, the kind of rah-rah. I mean, look, Silicon Valley. I have a love-hate relationship with Silicon Valley. I spent you know 10 years in San Francisco, even more years working with companies startups that you know mm-hmm. funded in Silicon Valley. And there is a value to having like access to capital, access to, you know, uh peers, you know, but I, I, I probably think the number one um upside to being in Silicon Valley is a lack of fear. And you have a lack of fear because you have so many companies and so yeah. many opportunities and the pay is so ridiculous that yes, as a twenty year old engineer you can go, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna move to San Francisco. And I'll take a low-level job at Google, and if it doesn't work out, I'll take a job at Facebook. If that doesn't work out, I'll go work at my buddy's startup. So you're kind of just 24-hour focused on working, and you're not focused on like a family, or you're yeah. not focused on like what happens if I were homeless, or you know what I mean. You're, there's a safety net everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. and that turns into a bad thing too because you have bad actors like Theranos, and you know some sexual harassers. And there's a safety net for them, too, because if you don't provide the safety net, there's no safety net for you. So yeah. it, it, there's this vicious cycle of that. So it's not all bad in Silicon Valley, but it's noisy. It's extremely yeah. noisy. And it's lost its way. And, you know, the idea of, of, of companies saving the world, scooters don't save the world.
2: <laughs> the scooters. Oh, no.
0: Let's say, you want to talk about scooters?
2: <laughs> no, I don't. I hate them. They're just—they're so messy.
0: I mean, did you read about the the story in Miami?
2: I didn't. No, but I would.
0: The hurricane is coming, so they oh. one of their main fears are these untethered scooters that are now weapons.
2: <laughs> there's going to be a decapitation problem. by you scooter. Created,
0: you tried to say you were solving a problem for transportation, and you have created more problems.
2: Oh, I was that just in. Annoys me. I was just in San Diego uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, walking down um, Mission or you know Mission Boulevard, and sure, for about 27 seconds at seven in the morning, all the scooters are nicely placed on the corner, eight inches away from another, with their kickstands, and and it looks nice. At the 29th second, they're just splurged and splashed and, and strewn about. And it just looks like ass, dude. It does. It's like, it does. Let's, let's just pollute or litter, basically. Let's just litter yeah. our neighborhoods with yeah. these scooters that are discarded. They're so
0: great for the environment. <sighs> I, mean, <laughs> who uh, I don't know. For those? Nobody. Why, no. did need to, why didn't Bird and Wine need to raise all that money? They didn't, but they could. They could. So that's also a Silicon Valley ethos of if you can raise it, you do. And that's... Messes the whole thing up. There's no calibration. Silicon Valley, everybody's there's a bubble and it'll crash. No, it needs to be recalibrated.
2: Yeah. Um, Leveled a little?
0: A little bit. I mean, sure, (laughs) there's space for fun. We need fun. But like everything has to disrupt something. And it's like,
2: you know, back to your uh, uh, kind of semi question on like, how do you define success and failure? And you know, we're in Arizona. I'm in Arizona. Uh, I spent 11 years in Phoenix, and, and now we're based out in Tucson. And I always use this analogy when somebody asks me, you know, like, what, what's the business climate like in, in Arizona? You know, aren't, you're a tech company. Why aren't you in the Bay? And, you know, I, I come up with this really silly analogy. It probably doesn't make any sense. But companies in the Bay, you know, they're like spring flowers. They're beautiful. They grow fast. They come up. And, and and there's this wonderful thing, but as soon as it stops raining, they all die. Yep. But the business climate in Phoenix, dude. We're cactus. We're shrubs.
0: <laughs> right. I built a laugh, baby.
2: Exactly. Sustainability profitability comes number one, not glitz glamour and 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 series B rounds. It's like, whatever I'm doing, I need to think eighteen months out, twenty four yep. months out. Will I still be here? Will I make payroll? Will I be able to grow? Because frankly, it's only gonna rain twice, maybe three times this year. So I better make these resources last. So it's everybody in my tech community here, you know, I have a little mastermind group. Yeah, We're so much down to earth, just like, hey, we're gonna claw out another 8% this month or another 10% this quarter. And, you know, we forecasted this and this. It's very much run by the numbers and by the sustainability and, you know, and and also founder enjoyment you know yeah. like are we like doing reality. what we enjoy like imagine reality. that
0: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, look i hey i'm a i'm a fan of shoot for the stars i understand that big things don't happen if people don't think big but not not everything is is a moonshot like yeah there's a yeah. lot of there is no shame i mean it's shame. Be talking profitability it's actually it very in vogue right now. It's it's a good thing. People talk about all the SaaS is like when I used to be a TechCrunch, if somebody pitched me on a SaaS company, I'd either delete it or I'd send it to Ron Miller, my colleague at TechCrunch, because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and now you think about it, now you know, i can thirty nine, I'm almost forty, and I'm like, damn, companies that make money are sexy. Yeah. So like your revenue positive. Oh damn. Like it's it's that is so, it's a good thing that we're getting yeah. where there is no like shame. It's not like, well, who are your investors? Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, yeah. And,
0: and when are, are you raising right now? Because everybody in Silicon Valley is raising on well, everybody, broad generalization. But you know, these hyper growth companies, they're mm-hmm. always raising, they're always in a state of raising. So that means what your executives, your CEO is not focused on the business, right?
2: Or the customer, or the product. Or
0: the, customer, or the product, or the employees, and that's how you get a situation like Uber. You got, you had Travis Kalanick, who was, grow, 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 raise, raise, raise. Oh my God! There's all this bad stuff happening. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude.
2: <laughs> I mean, because you know, anybody or anything can essentially optimize for one outcome, right? You can optimize for sustainability. You can optimize if you're a charity for. Uh, number of cases helped or something. Mm-hmm. If if you're on the rocket fuel train, you're optimizing for your next round. Period. Or and then the bigger optimization is your IPO.
0: Sure. Which you know I, in today's climate, isn't that is that something people really shoot for anymore? Yeah. <laughs> to me, it sounds like running a profitable or you know almost profitable private company sounds way more fun. Than you know, <laughs> s- speaking. A
2: you know, pat myself on the back. Speaking from experience, it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck at all. Right. It's a it's a nice place to it's, be.
0: But it's it's different. And and you can really you you know, when I play when I say things like play small ball, it's not diminished. It just means you can focus on like the little things, right? And I always say to our companies, I'm like, look, you should build your infrastructure, like meaning your customer support and, you know, all of your sales teams and things like this to be uh, so that if tomorrow you decide to sell peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, people would be like, okay, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's a little weird, but I'll listen to you. Yeah. Like, let me hear all about those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, and that's how you get there. How do you get to be a company like that? Building culture, hiring, uh, you know, in a, in a smart way that's thinking about the future, um, selling in a transparent way or in a way that's fair. Um, you know, responding the customer support tickets in a timely manner, in a respectful way. like
2: Professionalism, ethics, integrity. Imagine that, right? Imagine so that. So if you do those things right, and you do have to make a pivot, your audience will at least be receptive to uh, uh, giving you a fair shot.
0: Sure, sure. And I, and I think the, like, the idea of a pivot, it's like, look, well, if I'm giving a company my money to do one thing, as long as they're going to continue to serve me in that way, or at least tell me if there are changes or whatever, as long as there's communication, as long as it's, it, there's a, you know, partnership there, you're, you're, you're fine. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you if but if you're running to the point of we're going public or we're going this way, which it appears to be, that's what the scooters. I mean, I have friends that work at these companies, so I'm not, I don't, I hate, hate it. Uh, but yeah. the reality of the situation is, the scooter stuff is not sustainable like that growth is not matching that funding and it's a seasonal business at best i mean it doesn't fly on the east coast i you know i'm in not the- really, it, it snows here in philadelphia I, i'm not using a scooter so you're losing, there's so much potential for this
2: yeah and is it a category that really needs a first second and third no it needs like a half of
0: one, <laughs> yeah, a half of one. And uh, it, is there uh, is there interesting technology build, being built around logistics and a, micro payments and stuff like that? Yeah. So maybe a bird gets acquired by Uber and yeah. they absorb that technology, and that would be a, a fine outcome for founders and investors. Maybe that's the goal. I don't know what the goal is. I don't. Know. Yeah. You know,
2: I I don't or I wish success on everybody, even, even the people playing a different game from me. Even if I don't understand the game that they're playing, you know, I still wish them a positive outcome. And you know, you gotta love the chutzpah and the ingenuity it takes to come up with some of these ideas. Sure. Just whoever thought of whatever the next thing is, you're
0: just like, good on you,
2: man. Way to yeah. just put yourself out there. And that's awesome that it worked or it didn't, but you did something.
0: When I find myself getting too cynical, which, which, which happens often, again, because of my age and because I've been around for too long, and probably because I was a journalist and just got a lot of bad pictures, um, <laughs> a lot of bad things, um, I remember when, when Steve Ballmer was interviewed after Steve Jobs announced the iPhone in 2007, and they said, well, what do you, what do you think of the iPhone? And he laughed. And he said, $500 for a phone? Subsidized? It doesn't have a keyboard. Business people want keyboards. Hmm. And and that was like Microsoft's big response. We're comfortable with what we have. These 12 different types of phones. There's keyboards. There's all this stuff. And so, yeah, thinking big. People think you're nuts. And it, and it works. But also, um, I don't think you know creating those phones. Well, one could argue then that those phones now we're addicted to those phones and the you know, outcome wasn't so good but at least apple's doing things like screen time to to, to help yep. with that
2: yep yep I mean,
0: my it um, would have been another screen i was glued to my computer anyways
2: oh we all were saturday morning cartoons and then and then after yeah, school exactly. yeah. dude my my after school lineup was um ducktales thundercats voltron Ooh. and um i think it was silver hawk silver hawks nice. silver hawk. sick nice but, um, yeah, so my kids go to a Waldorf school. And if, if you're curious what that is, you can look it up. But it's a very kind of uh, hippie, uh, play-based type of education. And they have a mandate. We, we, we don't want any screens until second grade. Interesting. And so we have to balance this, which we believe that that's a good thing. You know, that we've seen the harm screens do. I, I spend way too much time on my phone. But we have to balance that mandate with life. And right. mom and dad work on a computer all day, and the kids are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and so, yeah, they have their own iPads. But thank gosh, yes, the Screen Time app, man, right. that, that thing's. I don't, I don't have to say no. You know, it right. sounds like a cop out. I don't have to parent right. because they pick up the iPad and it's like locked. Ah, right. and they just put it down and go play Legos. And I'm like, see, that that's a little easier having the Screen Time app there than me always having to say no, 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 no. Right.
0: Right. Uh, did I? Am I stuck a little bit here? You, oh no! You're there, vid- there you go. Technology, hey, all, back. This technic- all this money in scooters, and we still can't mail- <laughs> zoom is wonderful. though I do love Zoom. That's what we use at ScaleWorks. Good on them. That was a great idea. Yeah, but yeah Zoom to your point with the screen stuff. Yeah, I mean it, it, that that addiction to entertainment and consumption. That was just going to move from a platform to a platform. Um, yeah.
2: But hey so let's uh let's get personal for a moment. Let's do it. Catching up with you. You recently married. Yeah. And uh congratulations. Thank and you. I
0: mean it's been 4 years I think. I think 4 years. Yeah.
2: So I'm sp- I'm thinking like internet timelines. Like I've known you about 10 oh, years. So that. so recently it was like just the other day on Twitter you said you got married. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's <laughs> what it seems like.
2: Sure. So 4 years.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean she uh, she actually, she runs, so we're in the same line of work, which makes it interesting. And that, you know, you know that with Sally, like you, you guys work together. Like she runs communications for Postmates, um, not a commercial for Postmates, but uh, she, she runs, so we're both in communications. So we speak the same language. At first uh-huh. I thought that would be rough because it'd be like, oh, then it's all we would talk about. But it's actually opposite. We, we can kind of drop it at the door at the end of the day. Um, I mean, kind of. I always tell. I tell her boss, and she tells mine. Reminds them it's like you've got two for one. You've got two people. Yes.
2: Well. Um, but, I hope you're getting two for one salaries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They do. They do very well. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, we. I mean, we met. I was a reporter. She was. Uh, she was a communications person. She pitched me. Uh, on on stories for a while, we met, and I said, you know, I, you know, I can either date or you can between the stories. You know, I have ethics, and she she said, okay, let's date. So th- I did have a half a second where I thought, well, I must be a really shitty writer because I thought maybe really, really my writing, or she's like, yeah, I'll just pitch Anthony Hop. like, all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after I got uh, after we got engaged, I was diagnosed again with cancer and uh, got a stem cell transplant. I was my own donor. You want to talk about technology? It's like, I did, man, we should funnel all technology, all that money, that crazy scooter money, into science. Yes. And all this stuff. Because, like, bone marrow transplants and stem cell transplants and all that stuff, it's amazing, life-saving stuff.
2: The, the, I'm tired of reading these great studies and, and uh, press releases for new studies where it's 10 years away. Let's reach Uh, out in the future and bring it to today. Yeah. And with enough funding in the right areas, I think it's possible.
0: You know what man, here's what we should do. We should ask all the big companies, including Jack once he figures out his (laughs) whole like, (laughs) thing and like Zuck and all these people working on like virtual reality and like stupid crap at Facebook. It's like, hey, you know, let's look at what Google does and spends 20% of their time on stuff that's not Google. What if every company spent 20% of their time trying to help and solve, like, disease problems or mm-hmm. homelessness or something? Like, like every, I would do it. I would, like, everybody at our company just spend 20% a month thinking yeah. about these things, think, just thinking about them. Um, that's why I think, you know, technology and the ecosystem is a powerful thing. Because when we work together and think together, big things happen.
2: Um, yeah, one thing cool. Arizona has going for it is most of its funded funded companies are actually in biosciences and life That's sciences. That's
0: awesome. That's yeah. awesome.
2: So there, there there's hopefully some good stuff coming out of here soon.
0: I'm due to visit, so. Um, so and if you're ever in Philly, too,
2: you should come. Oh, out. dude, let's catch let's catch a game. Yes, of course. You might. Have. So you you okay? So real quick, you were diagnosed again, and then got a stem shell? Transplant. Okay, walk me through that.
0: Stem cell transplant. So, so basically, um, I was diagnosed with the same cancer again. So it it recurred. It was Hodgkin's lymphoma, and so stem cells um, are like stel- cells that are like stored in bone marrow, um, and they're transferable um, and they regenerate quickly in many different ways, like crazy, crazy ways. Like, and mm-hmm. it's not just for one thing or another. Um, So basically, I'll give you the really quick, what a stem cell transplant look like? I didn't need a donor. So I was lucky in that I I didn't need a donor, and I'll explain that. But everyone should join the bone marrow registry. All you have to do is swab your mouth, right? You send it in. They put your spit in the thing, and then you're in the database. So if you ever do match someone and they need it, really the marrow extraction, it pinches. It hurts for a minute. It's not that bad. You save somebody's life. Um, also something that you'll hear a lot about is uh, when you have a child, I don't want to go into too much information when you, or detail. You have a child, there's an umbilical cord. We all know that. Yep. We We're cord. we bank. them.
2: yeah, People we, we cord bank both
0: our kids. Core, those core cells in there, those are the most, they're super cells. They're powerful. Yep. They work. You don't even have to be a match. Anyways. So I was my own donor. So basically what they did was they hit me up with chemotherapy until I did not have any more cancer in my body. And then they extracted blood and separated the stem cells from the red blood and plasma and all that stuff, then gave me more chemo. Then they they nuked uh, my, my stem cells with radiation, made sure it was clean, made sure I was clean. And then one day they came into my room with a little bag and, so, and it was frozen and they threw it on the thing. And I said, what the hell is that? And they said, that's your stem cell. And if... We, I'm like, okay, so you're going to put it up on the hook and give it to me? Yeah, but we have to wait for them to defrost. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a TV dinner now. I'm like, are you serious? This is like the least scientific thing I've ever heard, but it's amazing. Um, and they hung it on the bag, and these these you know treated stem cells that came from my body, so I was a match, went in, and regenerated at an accelerated uh, pace, and they considered my um Immune system to be zero years old. So they counted out wow. my days left at the house because I was in the hospital for 60 days straight. I was, you know, one years old, two years old, or one day old, two days old, three days old. Crazy. So it basically was a reboot, uh, a re, you know, to my immune system. Wow. Uh,
2: so if your
0: computer is like a defrag, and yeah
2: <laughs> so you you were your own treatment and what's oh. the prognosis now going
0: forward they can cons- they considered a cure so you you were your own cure yeah Wow and if I hadn't have been if they if it, if it was an aggress- more aggressive form of cancer again Hodgkin's fulfillment not that it stays in the lymphatic system like you have yeah. lymph nodes, so it stays there it doesn't metastasize outside of um usually. Um, but for more aggressive forms of cancer, um, you will need a, you know, you need a bone marrow transplant to get those stem cells. But that's why it's like the registry is really important to make sure that it's a diverse registry. Um, you know, for you know, men, women, African-American Hispanic, yeah. so that there's something for everybody. Um, cause it's, it's a, it's a little harder to match than blood, a lot harder to match. But we did in 2009, way back when, we did, you know, we did a Druze cancer blame and we had the swab thing right there and a bunch of people swab. Since then, I've had like I've had two people, one in the past year say I got contacted I was a match. Oh. Like, damn. So you're in the registry forever. Yeah. So
2: can something. you Can you uh, go ahead and give our listeners the information on that website and where yeah. to find
0: it? bethematch.org uh, they're a great organization. Um, they're the main main ones that do this, and it's a registry uh, that works internationally. So it's a big international database. And basically, you you go on be sign up to be a donor. They will send you a kit in the mail that has a little swabby. You swab it in your mouth. You put it back in this pre I mean it's simple, yeah. pre pre stamp. Stick it in the in, in the mailbox. They they put you in the registry. And then you don't hear, you know, you don't hear back unless you're a match. And if you're a match, you have the option to, to you know, to, to, to help out. You come in. That,
2: oh, that sounds wonderful. Cause it, you're probably, um, you say it's 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 harder to find a match than blood and then maybe yeah. even like organs and such, right? So like
0: one it, in a million? It's probably one more in a million towards the organ side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as big as a waiting list as, as organs. So it's probably okay. somewhere in between. Um,
2: you know, it Go sounds ahead. like a partnership opportunity where the DNA testing kits, like 23andMe and such, could just have a checkbox, right. check here if you'd also like to submit to be a match. You I mean, because so, they're already right? getting a sample, right?
0: That's a really good idea. You should tweet it. That's a really good I never thought of that. Um, well, repurposing the spit.
2: You're already submitting it. It's just like on your uh, uh, tax return, like check here to add a dollar to the Democratic candidate or whatever. Or,
0: license. Do you want to be an organ donor?
2: There you go, you're already yeah. submitting it, you might as yeah. well just add yourself to the registry.
0: That's a useful, that's a useful, um, you know. But yeah, that's that's where, so, so watching science advance like that, because the treatment that I got in 2014 was different, more advanced than the treatment I got in 2009 as far as the types of medications, how sick they made me. There um, yeah. so are advancements every day in these therapies. I mean, you see Alex Trebek from Jeopardy, who was diagnosed with a cancer that, as you know, has a very low survival rate. Yep. He's made it through chemo, and we, we'll, you know, we hope that that he does well. There, you know, hopefully one day that it's it's you know when you hear someone and you know, people you say to me, "Oh, you have cancer." I'm so I'm sorry, and I would say, oh, "Did you, it was your fault? <laughs> How dare you? Why did you give me cancer?" <laughs> when you hear cancer, it's like it it, it, it it's always going to be scary, but it's not going to be like yeah. Possessive. Cancer's touched everybody. Everybody now knows someone who has had cancer, or mm-hmm. has it for themselves. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, uh, technology is, is an amazing. So, thing.
2: Like, everybody out there listening, go start a bunch of bioscience companies, or donate to bioscience yeah. companies, because yeah. you know we got to figure this out—not just cancer, but everything. Like, there's and, so and many that, interesting things out there.
0: So many interesting things, and I think that goes back to something you said earlier when you were like what having a company and doing things that you care about and that make you happy and then give you a life outside of the work that's about like you know i am for me maybe working at a company one day that that helps cure disease or treat disease that would be very re- rewarding for me i think finding a job healthcare or not that is rewarding that you feel like you are accomplishing something and and there is maybe you can't save the world, and everything's going to save the world. But if you can make it a little bit better, um, that's awesome. Like yeah, as on, you get older and and you spend more time, and you go, that's what this is all about.
2: Like, yeah, because on one hand you have life sciences and all the possibility, or scooters, or scooters. <laughs> no more scooters.
0: What companies are raising more money? Recalibration. Let's yeah. just recalibrate them a little bit there could
2: be scooters.
0: that's fine but it doesn't have to be 10 billion dollars for
2: scooters. yeah that's just my two cents hey drew you're you're such a great guy dude i thank you so you much for coming good. on um i'm not quite sure when this will air but uh it should be here in a couple weeks and we'll, we'll by then we might know how this hack of poor jack goes out and i'm i'm so happy wow. that you uh your your treatment went well and that you and your wife are doing well and thank you. dude I'm telling you right now. If Suns go to the playoffs, you will be my guest in my okay. seats Seriously. in Phoenix.
0: And anytime you want to come to Philadelphia, we I all, I work to go to Sixers games. That's basically what I do at this point. So this sounds I, like a I'm, good life. I'm so proud of you. Please send my love to the family, uh and Sally. I and just you guys are fantastic and when when it again, you can't define success, you can't define failure, but you know, there's there's a happy that sweet
2: spot.
0: Hmm. And, um, you don't know somebody's situation from the outside, but watching you guys over the years I'm super proud of you.
2: Ah, thank you so
0: much. Um,
2: Drew, tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Um, I'm Yoda on Twitter. And I really hope by the time you hear this, I won't be hacked also. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right. You know what, though? If you do see something on my Twitter account, and, it's not, and you don't agree with it, you're like, what a jerk. I was hacked. That's my <laughs> <key>. <laughs> That's your <laughs> out.
2: out. All right. Well, we'll let you go to go change your 2FA login to Twitter, Drew. Thanks so much.
0: I am. All right. Thank you, brother.
1: Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Pressnomics Podcast. Get transcripts, show notes, links, and more for this and all other episodes at pagely.com forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to receive future episodes via your favorite podcast listening platform. The Pressonomics podcast is supported in part by Pagely, the original managed WordPress hosting provider, helping the world's largest brands run their WordPress presence at scale. Visit pagely.com forward slash quote to get your free quote today.